Ladies and gentlemen, the championship week is here for the college football world. And guess what? The Triple F is here for the podcasting world, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Triple F Podcast. Baby, we are so excited to have all four of you listeners in here today. And more importantly, we're glad to have two of our best podcast mates back with us today. Eric was fighting some sickness and has finally battled through it. Brent is back from his long journeys over Thanksgiving. Boys, give us a quick recap. How was your time spent away from the podcast, Mike? Well, I'm glad you asked, Slade. It feels good to be back. I was, it was the worst possible time you could get sick. It was literally the Tuesday before Thanksgiving and it hit and yeah, I was pretty, I was down and out for a while, but I was able to, to rally. We flew down on Thanksgiving day, which I think we discovered something travel on Thanksgiving day, not the day before. Like we flew on Thanksgiving day down South to see Catherine's family. There were maybe 15 people on our plane. It was awesome. There's nobody in the airport, so we might have we might have just discovered a little bit of something. But great Thanksgiving! I thought you guys did a great job last week, except for two things. One, dang, you should go to jail for stuffing being in the five spot in your draft. That is unbelievable. When you said you would put stuffing at five, that's jail time. Also, the fact that you two are closet Eagles fans deeply upsets me. That was mind blowing to hear y'all just just gawk all over the Eagles and just talk about them for like 15 minutes straight about your secret love for them. I could not turn that part off fast enough. Brent? <laughs> I second that, you assholes. Um, Thanksgiving was good. It was a good uh, good week. We we left Lubbock and we went to the Roden Ranch, hung out with the, the Rodents, and it was a blast. Had all the good food, lots of Pendleton and Sprite Zero. It was a great time. Um, shout out to the rodents for hosting a wonderful Thanksgiving. It was great. No good thing. No good. No bad thoughts. Uh, it's good to be back on the podcast. And uh, I tell you what, it's been kind of a, a wild week as an A and M fan. I'm, I can't wait to get into it. But man, I've gotten a lot of flack. I've gotten a lot of just everything. It's it's been a, a roller coaster of emotions this past week. But all is well now. Um, Feel good about everything. It's it's this is gonna be a fun episode. Dane, I gotta say, I know you feel the same way, but the only thing I would have added to y'all's podcast last week is Thanksgiving week is the best week for a gambler. Period. There's college basketball tournaments going on, NBA going on, tons of college football, tons of NFL. There is no better like it's a paradise of just sitting on the couch being on your phone placing bets all day long parlays teasers doesn't matter it is the best weekend of the year for gambling i completely agree with you eric i mean it was it's really good when you win too i haven't had one of those weeks in a while it really really put me in the holiday spirit but i mean those thursday games it's it's so much fun because you always make that bet like first when you wake up and you're just kind of excited to, to get the day going. So you make that first bet, and then you kind of get lost when you're talking to everybody. You're not really paying attention to that first game. And then after you get done eating, you're like, oh, shit, I lost. It's time to double down. So you got to go over into the corner and get on your phone so that 
your aunt and uncles don't see see you putting in a $200 max bet in there just to double down. But it was great. I, I love I love winning, and that's I'm just a winner, and it was a great Thanksgiving. That's something many Bromans have never said in their sports lives. I'm a winner. Uh, that doesn't run through our family very often. I'm a winner. I can do it. I'm a winner. I can do it. Name that movie, Brent. Oh, that's so easy. The Ringer. Good old Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, almost as athletic as Dane Broman, uh, though much better. <laughs> Brent, you brought it up. It's been a wild week for the Ags. Let's go ahead and dive into it. You didn't get Deion Sanders like you hoped, but um, ultimately you got a Mike Elko. You know, how are you feeling right now? Uh, what's what's your emotion level at? And I know you're Mr. Positive, but tell us your honest initial reaction. Yeah, I'll try to – I won't try to say everything because I want to let Eric give his take as well. But, man, it was, it was a pretty bizarre – night I, I'm trying to think of what night it was I guess it was maybe Sunday night was the whole was when Mark Stoops was brought up am I correct Saturday night Saturday night so Saturday night phone starts blowing up about 10 10 p.m you know all the stuff about Mark Stoops is breaking out um and everyone you know it didn't exactly it didn't feel right it was kind of like oh, really like to me the name kind of came out of nowhere it really wasn't I hadn't even heard Mark Stoops' name until Saturday morning. So that was kind of odd, and and ever, I just was kind of like, man, I don't know about that. My, my group takes with all my college buddies, everyone was just bashing him, bringing up all these stats about, like, I don't know, he'd, he'd only won two more games more than Jimbo in, in the same time frame. And, and granted, he took Kentucky, a program that's, you know, it's a basketball program. They're a blue blood school in basketball. And he made them, you know, made a name for them in football, which is impressive. I I am not about to sit here and bash Mark Stoops because he's done a lot of good for Kentucky and he probably would be a great coach. But I just don't think people were, were happy with it. And it was crazy because, you know, all the forums, all the, the Reddit stuff or all those forums where fans can get on there and chat, everyone was just bashing it. No one was happy about it. Um, everyone was worried, you know, they brought up the stat about him, you know, winning only two more games than Jimbo in the same time frame, And then the fact that in his entire time at Kentucky, he'd only recruited one player from Texas that entire time. And the only, the only reason that that Texas player went there was because his parents had both gone to Kentucky. So everyone was just worried, you know, as far as recruiting, um, if that name was going to keep recruits, uh, current players there. And to be honest, it is, if it weren't for basically the fan base causing a, a ruckus and a riot about it, it was going to happen. We later found out that basically the, it was almost a done deal. And then the board of regents basically saw the reaction from the fan base and they pulled it out. They pulled out of it last second. I mean, it was a last second deal. So, all you see is that Mark Stoops is tweeting out saying, you know, I, I, there was an opportunity, but I'm, I'm staying in Kentucky. I want to be a Wildcat. It was so much closer than that, than what they make it out to be. He was almost the coach for a and So I wake up Sunday morning to a bunch of texts saying, oh, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's blown off. It's not happening. 
the search is back on. And so it was just kind of like, whew, I, I should, I mean, it was kind of a sigh of relief. And so then later on, I guess it was that night, it breaks out that Mike Oko is the, is the hire. And it just was almost a sigh of relief. I, I had a panic moment Sunday morning because it almost seemed like nobody wanted to coach at A&M. I mean, these expectations, they're so high. You're, you know, people are expecting you to just go in there and win a national championship in two years. That's, you know, that's pretty unrealistic. Let's be honest. That's hard to do. And I just feel like all these expectations was driving the coaches away and, and no amount of money, you know, they just didn't want anything to do with it. And I was, it was almost a bit of panic mode on Sunday. Um, but then obviously we hear the news with Mike Oko and just a sigh of relief came over. It's like, okay, this was supposed to happen from the get go. And I feel, feel really good about it. Um, you know, me and Eric were both talking. And again, I want to try and give Eric his time to shine too. But Mike Elko is going to be good for A&M for a number of reasons. He's he's going to bring, hopefully, that culture that Catherine had talked about. Bring a culture of working hard, playing for the team, kind of that blue-collar mentality. And we need that at A&M. We've been flash. You know, we've had Kevin Sumlin and the swag copter, and we've had Jimbo and all this money and – it's time to get away from that and and just play blue collar football, and that's what I hope that Mike Elko can bring. I also think everyone is excited about Mike Elko because, as far as keeping the current roster, so he used to be the defensive coordinator at A and M two years ago, and so, and his defense was freaking good. I mean, in those two years that he had, I think there were two years he finished top ten overall defense those years, and. And it was scary. I mean, he was a big part of the reason why AM was so good in that 2020 season and, and our defense was solid. And so he recruited a bunch of the players that are currently on that team. And then number two, our interim head coach, Elijah, Elijah Robinson, he's kind of like the player's favorite coach. He's like, he's the locker room guy. Everyone loves him. He brings people together. That's basically the reason why AM named him the interim head coach between, you know, firing Jimbo and hiring the next coach because they felt like the players were going to rally around him. They love him. They have, you know, Elijah has a ton of respect from those players. And later come to find out Mike Elko is the, is the guy who hired Elijah Robinson. They're like buds. And he plans on, you know, keeping Elijah Robinson in his faculty. He's a bring you know, he's about to bring all these new coaches in. He's going to keep him there because I really think that both of them together will be able to keep a lot of these players on a roster. And of course, there are still going to be several big names that enter the transfer portal. We're already, you know, Evan Stewart, you know, basically the best athlete on our team, biggest five-star recruit we had. He's going to, he's going to go off to a different school and he's probably going to be up for the Heisman next year. That's just what happens. It's, it's going to happen. He's going to leave. There's going to be some other big names leave. But that's okay because I think that with this hire, they're going to be able to retain a lot of players that are currently on the roster, and that was a that was you know major important thing that we were looking at going into this hire. So I'll stop it there and I'll I'll kick it to Eric. Eric, give us your take and kind of your reactions as the days went on. It's all you. I totally agree, Brent. I I got to give a shout out to Catherine because she said 
the day that we fired Jimbo, she said, okay, who are the options? And I just kind of listed like five or six of like the top people. And she said instantly, she said, Elko is our guy. And I was like, all right. I said, I would love for Coach Elko to get hired. I just said, I just don't know if we'll do it because I don't know if it's a big enough name. I don't know if it was a big enough splash hire, which I hated. I just didn't know that they would do that. So I personally am pumped about this. Dane, we've been talking Duke all year. Like we've been following Duke and I know we've been both betting on Duke a lot this year following them. So I know you're a little secretly a little bit of an Elko guy. Yeah, I, I really like the hire. I think it it's not what I expected, you know, just from the outside looking in. But it's just so funny to me. Like, what would y'all's reactions have been if, like, five years ago someone said, do you know that y'all's coach in five years is going to be a guy from Duke? And it's for football, not basketball, football. That's just insane. I mean, it, it makes sense him coming from a but I just think it's so funny. Yeah, it's, it is hilarious. Um, what he did at Duke was truly amazing. So, like everything Brent said, I mean, the fact that he – you just got to think about, like, the guys on that team. He literally recruited them at, in high school, the guys that are currently on our roster. I mean, he's only two years removed from that roster. So that's such a big deal. And he's he has such a good – so much famili- familiarity with all of the Texas coaches and all the schools. And I'm pumped about it. To me, personally, I think this is a home run. I'm proud to be – and Aggie, I'm proud of that hire. I watched his press conference. I think it's going to be perfect. I think he's going to recruit talent, but I think he's going to recruit character and he's going to recruit tough guys. And I think that's okay that Evan Stewart is leaving. Like we've got to get past the the shiny sports cars. Like we're over that. Like we want the tough tr- we want the tough guys. We want the football players. Yeah, if they're five stars, that's good too. But it's time to get back to guys that want to work. His entire deal is we are going to hurt all offseason. Like, we are going to work harder than anybody else. It, it It's going to be built from the ground up. It's going to be built on toughness. It's going to be earned. It's not just going to be recruiting talent regardless of character. Dane? Okay, so if Elko's going to come in and kind of change, change everything up, kind of like you were just saying you hope he does, what is the realistic time span – of, you know, having great success and, you know, being a contender in the playoff. Like Brent said it just a second ago, you got two years and everybody's expecting you to win. That's really not all that realistic. I mean, if you're, if you really think about it, but in y'all's opinion, what is realistic? Like what is going to make this a successful hire in the short and long term? I'll just jump in there real quick, Brent. I think that I think that we could literally have a top five defense in the country next year. I mean, I, lit- I think what him and Elijah are going to do together for our defense is going to be mind-blowing. So to answer your question, Dane, I think it's going to completely come down to our quarterback play, and the biggest hire he's going to have is who is he going to go get as our offensive coordinator. Bobby Petrino is going to Arkansas. It's already a done deal. He's left. Elko did not want to retain him. So I, I don't know unless there's something out there that I haven't heard as of tonight, you know, we're still looking for an offensive coordinator. And I think that's going to be the biggest hire. And then it's going to come down to what can we do on that side of the ball and, and who can we have as a quarterback? Interesting little thing. Riley Leonard entered the transfer portal today. Duke's badass quarterback. I don't know if anybody's even saying that he would even come to AM. Like I have no clue. I, I just know that he entered today. Wouldn't that be crazy if he did come down and it was between him and Connor Wigman? But, but 
but Dane, to answer your question, I mean, I, I think that's what it comes down to is, is what can we do offensively? Because I'm not worried about toughness and defense. Brent? <coughs> You're muted. <coughs> we are literally choking this podcast away. Get it together, boys. We should have reversed it. You should have muted yourself, and I should have unmuted. (laughs) I couldn't get it under control because I was laughing. (laughs) So what I was starting to say is we don't have an easy schedule next year. That's for sure. I mean, you look. we got some tough games. Um, But I don't think – I mean, and this is me being the optimistic, like totally – you know, we we always do this. We always get way too excited. But I don't think – having a 10 win season is out of the picture at all whatsoever. Like I I think that is very doable. I'm not saying we, I expect to, but that's possible. And I just think that if you go first season and have nine or maybe 10 wins, that is a huge success. We're on the right track, but it being a 12 team playoff next year, hell who knows you might even sneak in there. So it's just, I don't know, just being positive, but 10 win season next week, next season, Having ten wins, that would be pretty, pretty uh, successful in my eyes. So whenever I saw that they took Mike Elko, I, I, I thought that maybe they were thinking of this, trying to look at it a different way, and what they've done in the past with Jimbo, especially. You know, maybe they were not trying to get the biggest name. You know, they were, like you said, they're going after the tough guy, the guy that's going to build it up from the ground. Um, I think that it was. And if I'm not sure, I know nothing if they did this intentionally, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that it's not a big name hire because the thing that's most like turn off about the job right now is probably the high expectations and the disgust with what's happened with Jimbo Fisher. So, you know, you bring in a Dabo Sweeney, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Day, somebody, I mean, obviously these were not, you know, probably in realistic contention, but you bring in a name like that and y'all are thinking, you know, national championship within the next two years is, you know, what could really happen with this program in the level that they can recruit and coach at. So I think that, you know, bringing in a guy like Mike Elko does a lot for your program and does a lot for kind of those expectations. Obviously y'all still have very high expectations and very good things to look forward to, but I think that this is a great hire, you know, culture wise to kind of, bring it back down to earth and figure out, you know, what you're supposed to be as a program rather than, um, you know, expecting a national championship every year. And like Brent said, the 12 man playoff is going to change things for a lot of programs. I mean, you can be really aggressive one year and sneak your way in rather than you have to be consistently great every year to get into that four team discussion. So that's going to be a great thing to look forward to talking again about the college football playoff. This is one of the most interesting years whenever it comes to the college football playoff discussion. And we all know kind of the scenario that's set up. Anybody who's like an avid college football fan, you know the kind of stakes that are coming upon everybody this weekend. And I think I just want to ask you one quick question. Can we all just agree, as sad as it is, are we not all somewhat rooting for Florida State to just lose and not get into this college football playoff? As a college football purist, I do not want to see Florida State in the college football playoff because I want to see the best games possible. And I don't think any of us would agree that college or that Florida State is one of the four best teams in college football without Travis Hunter. Dane, Dane is that a, 
I mean, yeah, that's that's realistic. I do think if they do win, it's going to be really tough to leave them out. But I was actually – I heard Joe Klatt talking about it today, and he said, let me lay out this scenario. Every favorite this weekend, favorite with Vegas, every favorite wins. So that makes Bama out. You got Texas at one loss, Oregon at one loss, Washington one loss, and then Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State all undefeated. He's like – you, you got to leave Florida State out because they're not one of the top four teams. And he was claiming that in in the rules to be in the playoff committee, you are supposed to take into account who is the, who are the best teams and who is putting on their best players. Like since they don't have Jordan Travis, that should come into play if they should get in or not. And if that's the case, then they should leave them out. But gosh, that's going to be damn tough to do because they – they do have good wins out there, but not with whoever their backup is. I just I think it's going to be tough to leave them out, and I don't think that they're going to do it if they do win, but time will tell. I'm like you, Slade. I kind of just hope Louisville just beats them, and then it just eliminates that because part of me will feel, as much as I don't want them in the playoff, part of me will feel like, wrong about it like if they go undefeated they win every game on their they won the ACC championship like part of me would feel like that's that's wrong like they did everything they had to do to make the playoff like I would be a little bit sad for them even though selfishly I want to watch the best four teams and we don't we all like you said we don't think that they're the best so I just hope Louisville beats them and it just eliminates the whole thing I y'all are gonna I know y'all talk so much about how we're SEC homers last week and I'm going to prove you right. I am rooting for Bama so hard this weekend because I think if, when, if Bama can do it, I think it is going to be so crazy. That, that is, to me, that is the ultimate just chaos. If Oregon beats Washington, Bama beats Georgia, and everybody's got one loss, they're going to have six teams, seven teams with one loss, and I think it's going to be awesome. So for just the chaos and the excitement, I am pulling for Bama so hard this weekend. Yeah, and to, and to bring up that point, I mean, I 100% agree. I'm rooting for chaos. I'm Unfortunately, like Florida State, like you said, have done everything right to this point. You know, they haven't dominated the way that you're supposed to dominate to be one of the four best teams in the country. But they've done everything that's asked. You know, they have – Big wins um, on the schedule. You know, they beat they beat the Tar out of LSU early in the season. That was a big win. Um, I think they have a win against Notre Dame, Clemson. I mean, they have, you know, some decent wins, but they're just not the same team. And so none of us want to see them happen. But, again, like you said, I want chaos. So I want them out, and then I want everything crazy to happen because at that point – I don't care who gets in. Like I, I legitimately don't because you can make an argument for all of them. The sad part is if Alabama gets in, or if Alabama beats Georgia, they're definitely in. And with that, you have to put in Texas. And so, you know, because they beat Alabama in a head-to-head 10 points. Um, but it all, it's all going to come down to who dominates this weekend will make a big statement. Um, so these conference championship games, you know, if you have a chance to dominate, like, Texas has a real chance to dominate um, OSU. And then Oregon, actually, I mean, most people believe that they are going to go out and control this game against Washington. Um, Sneak peek, they're my super dog. Um, But anyways, I I like it. I think it's all going to be so fun. I'm looking forward to this, and I'm rooting for chaos because 
I think the college football committee deserves to have a headache on their hand, and I'm looking forward to the 12-man. So for the Big 12 guys, like Texas is favored by like 15 and a half points this weekend, right? Like I think it's a disadvantage that they're playing Oklahoma State. Like if they, if they win by 10 points, everybody's going to say, wow, we don't think Texas is that good. If they win by 50 points, everybody's going to say, well, you were supposed to do that. Oklahoma State sucks. So, like, I think Texas is sitting in a bad spot right now because Oregon can go – like, if Washington wins against Oregon, obviously Washington's in. If Oregon looks good, I just think even if they just beat Washington, I think Oregon could be in. Bama's got a lot to play for. Like, I think everybody else in their championship game has is sitting in a better position than Texas. I think Texas is sitting in a bad spot right now. I couldn't agree more, Eric, and – Honestly, I love it. Like, I, I'm going to go ahead and speak for Slade, and I'm sure he's fine with that. We don't want them in. We don't want the team that's leaving for the SEC to win the Big 12 this year and make it into the playoff. That looks horrible. But uh, Dad was telling me today that he was listening to Doug Gottlieb, and he had uh, Mike Gundy on. You know, Mike Gundy, he's got a great track record against Texas. And he said, how do you always beat Texas? And he said, because almost half of our recruits come out of Texas and not a single one are ever recruited by the University of Texas. Watch out for that game, but I'm, I I think Oklahoma State can win. If Alan Bowman can play good, I think they win, They could really win that game. Um, son of a bitch, I had something so good to say, too, and I just forgot. Damn it. That sucks real bad. Brent, go ahead. Just while you're thinking, I just – Slade, you made a little comment about – you know, saying if Alabama wins and gets in, you have to put in Texas. I disagree. I think there's so many scenarios. Even if Texas wins, and even like Eric said, you know, beat OSU by 50, I think there are scenarios where Alabama gets in and Texas doesn't. And, of course, there's, you know, a riot's going to break out in Austin. But I think that that is such a huge possibility. I think if Alabama wins, they're in and Georgia's in, and it's just going to piss everyone off. I think that's, a, I think that's what's going to happen. That's what I was going to say is no matter what, like no matter what, if they win, they still have that head-to-head matchup against Bama. I'm going to go back and disagree with you, Brent. I think that if they win, and especially if they win convincingly, you have to throw them in because if you value the head-to-head as much as you harp on year after year, you have to put them in. And, I mean, there's a really good chance that them and Bama will make it in. So I think that if, if Texas wins – I think they're in. This is the beauty of what's going to happen if this chaos unfolds. You know, we have four people on here, and we could go back and forth for 10 minutes on who deserves to be in. And everybody will have their opinions. Everybody will know in their heart who they think should have been the four best teams to play in the college football world or college football playoff. But it doesn't matter. What they say you know, is law. So I'm ready to see what happens, and I'm fired up uh, all day for it. Diving in a little bit, um, we got some fun draft segments coming up, but we want to touch just a second on the NFL world. Uh, you know, this week coming up is a really great week in the NFL world, especially whenever you think of the top teams. So we saw like our beloved Detroit Lions fall on Thanksgiving, but then we see the 49ers come out and they look like the you know 49ers of the first few weeks of the season and they're rocking and rolling. And then the Eagles put away the Bills in a tough win, and they just continue to stack up these ugly wins, these tough wins, this gritted out 
Eric, how are you feeling as a Cowboys fan looking at this, knowing that these are two of the top dogs in the NFC, and knowing your Dallas Cowboys are playing very well right now, not quite playing, you know, the most upper, upper caliber teams, but Dak is playing very well. Uh, everything seems to be clicking. You know you got a tough schedule ahead, but how are you feeling looking towards this matchup? Is this something you've been circling on the calendar? Are you talking 49ers-Eagles? Yes. Yes, yeah. No, it's it's going to be good. you got to wonder for the Eagles, you're like, when do they break? Because coming off having freaking the Chiefs and the Bills and, every, I mean, the Cowboys, all the games those Eagles have played, the tough games, you're like, at some point they're going to break. And Vegas is predicting it to be this week because 49ers are three-point favorites, I think. Um, but as a Cowboys fan, as excited as you are, like, I just can't get overly pumped because it's just like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what we do right now like we have to make a super bowl run or at least an nfc championship run and be competitive and have a super good nfc championship game for this to even matter you know what i mean like we've it's time for the next step so it's like i can't even get excited with how good we're playing in the regular season it's like until we just prove something in the playoffs i'm just gonna stay a little bit reserved and calm I totally agree. One thing that like pisses me off as a Cowboys fan is basically what we do is we beat the shit out of the terrible teams. We do. We make them look stupid. We win by 50. We're so high and mighty. We feel so good about ourselves. And then we go play a team that actually has a winning record or a good team, you know, the Eagles or just someone good, and we lose. And so then we're all down. And then we go beat the shit out of two or three terrible teams in a row. We're high and mighty again. It's like this whole time I'm just telling myself, like you said, Eric, just wait till the playoffs to get excited. Like, you know, even – you know, I hope we go win this week against the the Seahawks. We're favored by nine points, which I'll get to that later in, in some of our picks. But it's just like, okay, let's just – Let's win some of these games that are actually hard to win instead of just, you know, beating the Giants by 50. That's not impressive. And and it, we're it's always a home game. We're probably not going to have home field. You know, we're not going to have home field advantage in the playoffs. So it's just like it's annoying. Let's just stop getting excited about this and actually go be a good team with and a record above 500. I like how y'all said y'all are waiting until the playoffs to get excited. As a Cardinals fan, I'm waiting until the draft to get excited. I'm holding off all of my excitement. I'm bottling it up until even even until the playoffs to see what the draft order is going to be. You know, this is the time to lose games, and I'm all here for it. Um, speaking of losing games, I'm probably going to be terrible at another draft. But ladies and gentlemen, Dane's got another draft fired up for y'all. I know it's early in the podcast, but he's got some things going, and we think it might take some extra time. So, Dane, take us away. All right. Thank you, Slade. <clears throat> Before we get started, I need to give a special shout out to Reagan Bills. She is one of Grace's really good friends. And uh, she's actually Justin Cagle, big friend of all of ours. He He's uh, or she's his girlfriend as well. She sent me a Snapchat, bef- like literally right before Slade started recording. And, uh, you know, Spotify always does that wrap up thing and tells you all the most songs and artists you listen to. We were her number one podcast for this entire year. So, big shout out to Reagan. We appreciate you. Um, we'll we'll throw in a koozie and a t-shirt for you. Um, so, for this draft segment, what we're going to do, it's a little different. We're not going to tell you the category. And one person on this podcast 
does not know the category that we're drafting. They're going to have to try and pick it up and figure it out. And so anybody listening along, try and try and figure out the category. Everybody's going to pick three. We're not going to do the traditional snake draft. Once it gets down to the, the person who doesn't know, it's going to go back up to the top. Um, so to start off this first round, Brent does not know the category on this one. I have the first pick. I'm going to take a machete. Y'all realize how hard of a time I'm going to have not describing my picks? I think I spend like a minute each draft on me not describing my picks. Yeah, that's another big thing. You cannot describe your picks because it'll give it away. You just got to right. sit a pick and go. But I'm a buffoon. Anyways, I'm going to choose flint and steel. I'm going to take semi-automatic rifle. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take, um, <laughs> a hatchet. <laughs> okay. Good pick. Dang it, Eric. I had gun on mine. Um, I'm going to take a pot, like a cooking pot, not marijuana, a cooking pot. Well, y'all know that Dane has been blazing up on all these podcasts. Insider secret, that's why Dane was coughing so much earlier is because Dane's a pothead and he's just been blazing it up like Snoop Dogg over there. All right, anyway, second pick. I am going to take the Bible. I'm going to take a torch. Uh, I'm going to take... (laughs) Slade, you really threw me off with the Bible. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take um, – this is so hard. Uh, I'm going to take – what are those little those – little, uh, well, I'm going <laughs> to – I'm botching this. Uh, take some rope. Okay. Um, I am going to take a cigarette lighter. Hmm. I'm going to take a tarp. I'm going to take a hammer. I'm going to take... (laughs) A poncho. Okay. That That was the end. Brent, what is your guess for what the category was? I don't a poncho <laughs> survival equipment. Pretty good. It was uh, items you would take with you if you could have one item on a desert island. That was your category. So you did pretty good. I'll, I'll give that one to you. Um, so for round two, Eric, you're the one that does not know this one. Um, Slade, you got the first pick, and then Brent, take it away. <laughs> Give me a good old LeBron James. Who's Is it me next? Yeah, it's Brent next. Oh, okay. Jeez. I'm going to go with future Heisman Jaden Daniels. Ooh, good pick. Good pick. I'm going to take John Cena. 
Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to take Peyton Manning. I'm going to take the best wide receiver in the game, Justin Jefferson. If y'all are going to give me, I'm taking Michael Jordan. Ooh, good pick. Uh, I'm going to go John Rom. I'm going to go Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the best kicker in the game, Justin Tucker. I'm going to go with their boy, Josh Young. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm going to go with a little throwback here. Um, she was kind of my heartfelt back in the day. Give me Sean Johnson. All right, I think I got y'all figured out. I want Jordan Spieth. Okay, go ahead and tell us what, what you figured out there. Is it athletes that have a J as the beginning of one of their names? Very good, very good. I figured that would be a little tougher, but uh, that was very good. I almost threw in a little Justin Joyce to throw him off, but I didn't, I didn't do it. But like, I think we hit him with the, the double J names. Jeff, Justin Jefferson, Josh Young. Uh, as soon as he took Juju Smith-Schuster, I was like, okay, he's got us figured out. There's no draft where you want him on your team. <laughs> okay, so for this third and final round, uh, Slade is the one that does not know this one. Uh, Brent, you got the first pick. Go for it when you're ready. <laughs> All right, so I think I think Dane and Eric will appreciate this one. I'm going to pick uh, Icky Thump by the White Stripes. <laughs> great, great pick. I'm going to pick Enter Sandman. That's great. Um, I'm going to go with X Gonna Give It To You by DMX. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to I'm going to take Higher Ground. I'm not sure who it's by, but it's you, you know all know the Higher Ground. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, anyways. Good pick. Next pick. Um, I'm going to go with Started from the Bottom by Drake. I'm going to take Till I Collapse by Eminem. I'm going to take How You Remind Me, Nickelback. <laughs> what? <laughs> this took a total 180. Oh, my gosh. Um, give me, uh, give, give me Love the Way You Lie by Eminem and Rihanna. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, last round. I'm going to go, it's a song called New Noise by Refused. I, you might not know it based off that, but it's the song, it's beginning of the game and uh, Friday Night Lights. Give me strawberry wine. Oh, you dog. Great pick. I'm going to take Many Men by 50 Cent. 
somebody is screwing with me because I thought I had this po- this one figured out like three different times. And y'all are really just hoeing me over on this one. Give me give me no hands by Waka Faka Flame and Roscoe Dash. I thought it, okay, here's what I thought it was. I, I thought it was like pump up songs or like like entrance at first I thought it was entrance songs and I was like, Oh, I got this one easy, first pick. Then I thought it was pump pump up songs. And then you start throwing like strawberry wine at me and nickelback and i'm lost i think it's i thought it was pump up songs or you know bangers of the week i don't freaking know dane what was it it was songs that make you want to run through a wall so you weren't far off but it's more of a personal what you really want um Hey, I get it. Like when you hear Deanna Carter, especially if you're on a party bus and you're about 18 deep, that makes me want to run through a freaking wall. That was a good pick there, Eric. Um, that's all I have. Anybody else have anything? Icky Thump really threw me for a loop right to start it off. I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard Icky Thump, but I didn't want to admit it out loud, so I figured, all right. Anyways, great podcast. You were missing. You are missing out, Slade. You got to go listen to Icky Thump immediately when we finish this. In all, in all fairness, love the way you lie does get me going. It does get the juices flowing. So, you know, I'm not going to apologize for that one at all. <laughs> all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another one of our draft segments. Um, we're going to close this thing off, you know, the only way that we know how, by giving you some more electric and iconic Super dogs bets, baby. And unfortunately, this week was not electric and iconic for the Triple F podcast team. Um, Dane was the only one to come out with a win against the spread here this week. Uh, he got 13 and a half points with his Packers upset over the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. And Chad really screwed the pooch by throwing Texas Tech under the bus. We know how bad Chad has been um, with the Super Dog. And he unfortunately lost us 36 points against the spread with Tech's uh, big, huge loss by 50 points. So let me update y'all. Chad is 148 points below the spread, um, just just scratching for air. Um, Brent and Eric both took Florida plus six and a half last week, and they lost by nine, so they only lost two and a half. Eric is sitting five and a half points above the spread. Dane, like I said, our, our biggest winner last week. 22 and a half points above the spread now after two big weeks. Brent is plus 12 um, after losing those points against Florida or with Florida. And then I lost nine and a half points with my uh, Oregon State upset pick. And so I am now only 35 points above the surface, still in first place. But Dane, take us away with some Super Dogs bets, baby. All right. Thanks, Slade. Uh, so, Chad. To start us off, he's going to take the Patriots plus six. Uh, They're playing the Chargers. He pretty much just said the Chargers should not be favored against any team. I think his whole mentality is just bet against the Chargers, and I think it's working out pretty good. So uh, expect the Chargers to get a big win this week. Um, I'm going to take – I'm going to double down on the Packers. They are plus six against the Chiefs. The Packers are at home, and the Chiefs, they just – I mean, they looked good last week against the Raiders, but they don't look like that same offense that uh, we've come to know pretty well. 
And I think the Packers are really starting to hit their stride and they're kind of, you know, a dark horse wild card team. And uh, so I think that they're starting to get their stride going. So give me the Packers plus six. Great pick. Great pick. I, because I said earlier, I'm rooting for just total chaos. My super dog is going to be Bama plus five and a half. Um, th- this is like the craziest stat I've ever seen. But the University of Alabama has played 181 games since 2009, and they have been favored in 178 of them. There's only been three games since 2009 they haven't been favored in. And, like, out of those three, I think they, they won outright in two of them. So, anyways, anytime you get Bama and points, I guess you take them. So, I'm rooting for college football playoff chaos. Give me Bama. Solid, solid pick. Uh, my super dog, it's going to be the Seahawks plus nine points against the Cowboys. It's almost like a reverse psychology. Like, of course, I want the Cowboys to blow them out, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be close. Uh, give me the Seahawks plus nine. Got burned by the Seahawks last week. Um, you know, like I mentioned, or like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, in not a good week for the Superdogs. Um, it's getting slim pickings out there, especially going into this championship week. Um, but I guess I, I've had good success. I'm gonna stay in the college football world, and I'm gonna go ahead and take Washington plus nine and a half versus Oregon. You know, I I do believe that Oregon is gonna win this game, but. Washington just seems to find a way to make every game a three-point game at the very end of the game. So, you know, I'm going to take Washington to put up a fight. I think Oregon ultimately wins it in the end. Um, But I'm going to take Washington to put up a good fight and cover plus nine and a half. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was our super dog standing. Moving into our Bet the Farm segment, baby. And this is the one. It's sponsored by the Beer Box. Shout out to the Beer Box for providing all the liquor and all the good times. There in Thanksgiving, you know, some of those those relatives you have to be around, some of the in-laws, um, not, not Shelby's family, obviously. They're all amazing. But some people you just need alcohol to get through the holidays with. So we appreciate our, you know, beer box doing that in Vegas, and we appreciate them sponsoring the Beth Farm, baby. Chad, again, got another win last week and is now at 10-3. and 3. The dude is freaking electric whenever it comes to the Beth Farm. Um, Eric – is climbed his way above 500 baby he's sitting at seven and six tied for second place that's pretty bad that seven and six is you know our second place here in the beth farm but it's only because of these next two guys and it's because dane is also at five and eight after bama you know barely pulled out a win but didn't cover and then brent sitting at four and nine um after an unfortunate loss this week as well and then I am tied there with Eric after seven and six and just a really bad downfall for me. I've not been on a good stretch, but Dane, take us away. Get us into a better spot. Dane, Dane real quick, real go quick, Dane, before you go, I cannot tell you, Brent cannot physically eat blazing hot wings. Like he, he can't physically do it. This is going to be the greatest thing in the history of this podcast. If Brent continues to lose and he has I- to do the blazing wing challenge. Is there any alternative like consequence that we can come up with? Because I I can't do it. I'm gonna get sick. I, something's gonna happen. I'm gonna end up in the hospital. <laughs> it just rings. Hey, okay, I'll I'll throw it out there. You 
to get out of it, you could throw down a $1,000 bet on whoever the underdog is in the Super Bowl. Money line only. We could get rich or die trying. Let me okay that with my wife. I'm so down for that. Uh, no, you have to do it, Brent. If you, if you wean her out of it, that is the biggest load of chicken shit because you know you, when we said it, Brent did not think there was any chance in hell he, he would even come close to last. How many more weeks do we have of the bet department? We need to establish that right now. Last year, we did it up until I think we made like bet the farm picks at the Super Bowl, but I don't care what we do if we go to NFL playoffs or if we end it right now, I'm fine with it. Whatever y'all want to do. <laughs> I say, I'm, I'm all right with ending it right now, too. Um, you know, we I would say, let's go, we can go to the playoffs. That's fair, right? Playoffs, you know, I, I think we go all the way to the the championship weekend, NFC, AFC championship weekend. Like that, that is our last week to pick the week that they're playing those games. Right. Right. Because they're still unders, overs. I mean, if we wanted to get into, yeah, I would say there, there's plenty of stuff. Yeah, I'm good with that. But uh, new rule, you have to eat the wings during the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you should. I think we all need to be together when I do it. Brent, send me your address and I'll Uber eat some to you. <laughs> But with that being said, my betting strategy is completely changing. I'm going to start taking me and Brent's, Brent's bet the farms, betting the opposite and putting them in a parlay and putting a thousand bucks on it. Because I think we, I'd be a rich man if I did that. Um, so to get it started, Eric, I'm sorry that Chad is doing this to you, but Chad's bet the farm is Georgia minus five and a half. Teams like Bama usually don't cover after emotional big wins like they had last week. Makes sense. Chad's ten and three. Sorry about your sorry about your crimson tide. Um, I personally just like every week. I don't like a single bet out there. So I'm gonna go back to just the default button. I'm gonna take the Iowa Michigan under. You know, you can never root for points in the Big Ten. Um, that over under is set at thirty five and a half. Something I saw that was so funny to me is with. I think it was with DraftKings. I was over under for the first half, like team score was 0.5. They're banking on them not scoring at all in the first half. You want to know what it is the second half? 0.5. That is freaking insane. And I can see it happening. Michigan's got a great defense. Iowa might not score a single point. Iowa's got a good defense. Michigan might win 24 to nothing. And I would not be surprised. So, Lock that under in at 35 and a half for me. That is so funny, Dane. I was watching very closely because I had a little bit of money on Iowa over under last weekend. <clears throat> Those games are unwatchable. It is mind blowing. You can't, you cannot watch Iowa football. Anyways, um, if Chad took, if Ted, if Chad took Georgia, then I'm going to hammer Georgia because that guy's on fire. Give me the chiefs minus six against the Packers. This is the first time that Patrick Mahomes has gone to Lambeau, I saw. And I think that this is one of the very few times that the Chiefs are undervalued by the public. And everybody thinks the Packers are better than they are. The Packers are not very good. So give me the Chiefs minus six. I like it. I like it. My bet the farm, you know, Dane's going back to like the, the Big Ten under. I'm going back to the Big 12 over. 
I think that Texas and OSU is going to go over 54 and a half points. They're both scoring. OSU has been scoring 40 points a game. And after Texas is 57 points, that kind of increased their average for the season. I think they're both going to score. It's going to go over 54 and a half points. It's going to be a shootout getting back to Big 12 football. Um, give me the over in the Texas and OSU Big 12 championship game. I love it. And I know that one of the one of the big rules of sports gambling, as you all have told me, I'm not a sports gambler, obviously. I wish I was better. But I know the big rule is don't bet on your heart. Like, don't listen to, you know, what your heart is saying and what your beliefs are. Well, I don't feel bad about this because, this one because my heart is saying for the Cardinals to lose. However, I'm going to go against that, and I'm going to take the Cardinals plus five and a half going against Pittsburgh this week. Cardinals got absolutely embarrassed last week against the Rams, and then the Steelers last week barely squeaked out a 16-10 win against Jake Browning or whatever the backup's name is uh, for Joe Burrow. And, you know, they're having the, – the Steelers are having some cultural issues over there. It looks like they are really falling to shambles. I don't believe in Kenny Pickett, so give me the Cardinals to go in there, upset the Steelers. Kyler Murray gets a second win since he came back, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our Super Dogs and Bet the Farm picks. Um, we hope that you all have better success than we do, and if in doubt – Bet every farm you got on Chadillac Fangman's picks, baby. And ladies and gentlemen, give it off to Brent. Send us home. I don't know what these guys are giving me looks for, but uh, Brent, take us home with the banger of the week and get this mic out of my hand. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to pull a fast one on you, Slade. So I'm changing up the banger of the week as of like 10 minutes ago. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I can wait. The one I'd plan on doing, that can wait till next week. This week, since you've never heard Icky Thump, I'm bringing it to you. This week's banger of the week is Icky Thump by the White Stripes. It's going to get you ready to run through a freaking brick wall. I want you guys to listen to this song on Saturday morning and get up for game day because if college football is going to be on, go get you a cold beer. First, get your coffee in and then get your cold beer. Put this song on, watch the Big 12 championship game, have yourselves a weekend. Hope all your fantasy football teams win, all your bets hit. Y'all have a great week. Yeah.